Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. How I define, not define leadership, but how I see leadership. I don't like to say define it because then it's almost written in stone. But here's my perspective. 
and my perspective on leadership has changed so much over the years, mainly because of the people who I've either worked with, worked for, or played for um, as coaches in my life. If, if For those of you who don't know me, uh, Coach Isaac Brown, I'm out in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I coach in the CFL, Canadian Football League, a long, long-running league. Uh, our team just celebrated the 157th year, I believe. So this league's been running for a really long time, and I've been in football all my life, been coached by some of the greatest coaches around, um, some Hall of, Hall of Fame guys, and I've coached next to some Hall of Fame guys, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a second, because they all had common characteristics. All of their characteristics weren't the exact same, but there are a group of characteristics that I have taken from all of these coaches. But first, I would be remiss if I talk about leadership and I don't mention my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? So when I talk about leadership, I sit here and I think, I remember, I remember Joy did a segment a while ago, it was months ago, and she talked about, can you be, I think, I think she said, can you be humble and strong? Can you be both lion and lamb? Right. And that's my perspective on leadership. That's my perspective on leadership. And when I list these characteristics, you'll understand where I'm coming from. But when I think of some of the some of the greatest leaders to ever in, have any influence on me, I think of Jesus. I think of David out of the Bible. I think of Solomon, David's son. Solomon was one of the most unselfish leaders when he had an opportunity to ask God for anything. He asked him for wisdom to lead his people. He didn't ask for riches. You can go read the scripture. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for power. He didn't ask for all of his enemies to be killed. He said, I want wisdom so that I can know how to judge, how to lead and influence your people the way you want me to. Another leader that I really love in the Bible is Joshua. And the way he led. Now, Joshua was, he showed some vulnerability because he was afraid. He was nervous and he let the Lord know that. But the Lord said, and this is the famous scripture, be very strong and courageous. Do not be dismayed or afraid. I'm with you. I'm with you. And that's because Joshua expressed and he let the Lord know, I don't know if I can do this. Even Jesus showed vulnerability. In his last hours, when his disciples were with him and he kept going back and praying, he said, listen, I need you to pray with me. I'm weak. I need help. And he went and prayed and he came back and they were asleep. And then he went and prayed and he came back and they were asleep. And at one point, he even told them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to the point of death. That's vulnerability. If I'm hanging around my boys and something's really getting to me, there's times where I won't tell them. There's times where I won't tell them. I don't feel like being, being vulnerable. But Jesus gave a great example, and that's what leaders do. They lead not just by example. They live the example. They don't just talk about it. They are about it. So I want to talk about some of the coaches in my life 
that have influenced me. And some of these coaches influenced me at a very young age. Well, yeah, very young, a very young age when I first got into college football, my first years in college. And other coaches influenced me in my first years of coaching. And some other coaches still influence me to this day. And I'll talk about the head coach that I work with right now, uh, Coach Orlando Steinauer. So first I want to start with the head coach of Notre Dame, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly coached me for three years. He was actually the, I had three different head coaches in college. Brian Kelly was the longest standing. He coached me for three years, right in the middle of my career. So I had one head coach at the beginning, Brian Kelly for three years, and then I had a different head coach at the end. But Brian Kelly had a significant impact on me that really, 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 it impacted my life because my life was in shambles when this moment happened. He showed great vulnerability. Now, the story about him when we were in college was he was he was such a businessman, such a businessman. And a lot of people say, well, you can't win in college football like that. You can't win in college football like that. You have to have a certain softness with the players and this and that, and you can't treat them like a business. I disagree because he's very successful. As a matter of fact, he's the most winningest head coach at the University of Notre Dame now. But there was a moment in my college career, this was 2006, I had told my ACL everything was going for me. And the funny thing is a week, one week before I tore my ACL, Coach Kelly called me in his office to congratulate me. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Because I have been selected to go to the Hula Bowl at the end of the year. So what the Hula Bowl was, I don't even think they have it anymore. But the Hula Bowl was basically, a, it's a college all-star game. So at the end of the year, they take all the best players in college football and you play in a game in front of all the NFL scouts. So I had got selected. I got my invite at the beginning of the year after our first game. But the crazy thing is in our second game, I tore my ACL. So the season was over. <clears throat> in the weeks following, I, had, I took a really, really big spiral to say the least. I'm a college kid. Football is all I had at that time. That's all I saw. That's all I identified myself as. And long story short, I was so deep into depression. I was on the edge. I was on the edge of just not wanting to be on earth anymore. I'll say it that way. And he noticed the change in my behavior. So he called me in his office one day and we talked. And I expressed those things to him. And from there... I got what I needed, got the proper help, and things got better. But that was a soft side, a vulnerable side, a humble side coming from a guy who was only looked at as someone who ran his college program as a business. He had a soft side. And I'm forever, forever grateful for him for that. Another guy, Matt LaFleur, he's one of the youngest head coaches 
in the NFL right now, head coach for the Green Bay Packers. Matt LaFleur worked with me in college 2005. And I'll never forget the work he used to put in. He was so humble. He would be there for hours. And anything I needed as a player, when I came to him, he was willing to help me do it. Rob Sala. Rob Sala is the head coach of the New York Jets. He also was with me in 2005. He actually was the assistant position coach for me as a linebacker back then. And I'll never forget the way he taught me because he knew I was new to playing defense. I'll never forget the way he spent time with me to teach me the ins and outs of my position, a position that I really did not know what I was doing, but I ended up starting. And he's a great, great contributor to my success. And the whole reason I went into play pro football at that position is because of the work he helped me put in. Tim Banks. Tim Banks was my defensive coordinator my very, my senior year. Right now, he's a defensive coordinator at the University of Tennessee, a place I used to coach at. But Tim Banks, his greatest influence on me was as a Christian leader. He taught me how to walk the walk. I'll never forget, we would be going to Bible study Every Wednesday, they had an athlete Bible study, and we held it in our football locker room. And Coach Banks would pop in sometimes. He couldn't come all the time because he always had stuff to do. Coaches are super busy, right? So whenever he, whenever he had a minute, he would pop in. And so Coach Banks would see me in there, and he could feel, he could feel the spirit. He had a great discernment. And one day, I'm out on the field, right? And I'm cussing up a storm, just going ham, right? And Coach Banks looks at me. He said, hey, man, don't be out here cussing. This is exactly how he talked. Hey, man, don't be out here cussing. Men guys don't talk like that. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. He checked me when I needed to be checked. He held me accountable. Isn't that what leaders do? They hold you accountable, but not just you. They hold themselves accountable. If he had been out there cussing, I'd be looking at him like, man, hold on. You're doing the same thing. But I had to respect it because he was accountable to what he was saying, and he held me accountable. Next guy, Jerry Glanville, one of the most famous head coaches from the NFL, coached up here with me in my first two years in the CFL. He was with multiple NFL teams, the Houston Oilers, when they were the Oilers back then. He was with the Falcons, Buffalo Bills, Tampa Bay. And he's still coaching to this day. He's 70-something he's years old, and he has not slowed down one bit. But Jerry taught me how to be competitive as a coach. And in his 70s, he's so competitive. I can't even imagine what it was like when he was younger in his 30s and 40s in the NFL, but he taught me a different aspect to that competitive edge. And another thing he taught me was a little bit about emotional intelligence and knowing your personnel. I'll never forget, Jerry said, whenever you get a player and you get him in a position, you have to let him work to his strength. So you can't box someone in. 
And these type of things can go hand in hand in business and life and relationships, whatever you want to call it. But he said, I'll have, I'll have this player. He needs to do X, Y, and Z on the defense. But I want a player who's going to do what I coach him to do, but he's able to make the plays that I don't coach him to make. That's understanding your personnel. Next guy, June Jones. He, along with Glanville, coached with me up here in the CFL. June Jones, one of, one of the famous college and NFL head coaches. And he's still coaching right now. June Jones was so humble. He was so humble. Now, when I first got here and June Jones was the head coach, he's the guy that hired me here into Canada. I knew who he was and I was so excited. And I had this idea of who he was. But June Jones could walk into a room and you wouldn't even know he was there. He was so humble. He didn't need to be seen. He didn't need to be noticed. He didn't need to be heard. He was like a lion. He was humble and strong. He walked in his authority, not with it. When you walk with it, you can lose it. When you walk in it, you radiate it. June Jones was so humble. A great, great guy. Next guy, Rock Gullickson. Rock's one of my favorites. He's one of the head strength coaches that I worked with when I was down in Tennessee. He was in the NFL as a strength conditioning coach, head guy, for about 30 years. He worked with Brett Favre almost his entire career. And he's one of Brett Favre's best friends. He used to tell stories about before the game, he only wanted Coach Gullickson to snap the footballs for him during warmups. He wouldn't even let his actual center, who he was going to play in the game, snap. But Coach Gullickson was also humble. He was competitive. He's 60 something years old. But I came in the weight room one day after he had got hired, didn't know much about him. And this man is 60 something years old. He's in there deadlifting 500 pounds. You want to talk about a competitive edge. He'll never stop. Practice what you preach, right? The next guy I want to talk about is Coach Orlando Steinauer. He's the head coach of the team that I work with now. He's in the CFL Hall of Fame and also in our team Hall of Fame. Got inducted this year in both Hall of Fame. In 2021, he got inducted into two Hall of Fames. Going into his third, he'll be inducted into a third. One thing, Coach, I can't even say one thing. He's taught me multiple things. But one of the best things he's taught me and a way he's influenced me is just treating people right. That's so simple. It's just treating people right. When you work with so many different head coaches, we got a little hot mic, got a little hot mic. When you work with so many different head coaches or so many different people, everybody has their strengths, their weaknesses, the things that stick out about them, but of all of all the coaches, he's taught me how to put people first, how to put people first, because everything you do is with people, everything. I remember the simple, the smallest little thing to most people, the smallest little thing. So 2019, 
we're getting ready to have a free agent camp out in Buffalo. We had about 30, 40 players come in. So we're all out in Buffalo. And I had to leave suddenly from the camp because my dog of 13 years, who was like my baby, was having seizures, right? So I had to leave. She ended up having too many seizures, and I had to put her to sleep. Coach O knew nothing about my dog. He barely knew anything about me. He had just taken over as head coach. We'd been working together for maybe six, seven months. He didn't know a whole lot about my life. But after that, I came, I came into work. He came down to the weight room, sat down with me for probably about two hours talking about my dog. I've worked with so many coaches who wouldn't give a crap about that. They would just move on with business as usual. Just that little moment right there to sit down with me and talk about my dog. He could have cared less. But that's just one small example of how Coach O has affected me and just understanding. Put people first. I'll never forget. I remember, I think it was John Maxwell. He talked about, well, everyone knows the saying, people never care how much you know until they know how much you care. There's one. But John Maxwell talked about being interested in people, be inter not being interested in what people can do for you, not being interested in what they have to offer, but being genuinely interested in the people in their life, in the person. There's a saying, there's a saying about Coach O amongst every player that he ever coached. And the saying is this. I will run through a wall for that man. If you're a coach of any of any sport, when your players say that about you, that's the ultimate compliment. When a player says, I'll run through a wall for you, I will do anything for you. It's almost equivalent to saying in a marriage, I'll die for my spouse. I quickly, quickly understood why the player said that about him. Just getting to know him as a person, as a man, as a coach. Working with him, not for him. That's one thing he harps on. We work together. You don't work for me. If you need to do something, go do it. Don't ask me. I trust you without reservation. He says that all the time. Of all these coaches I just listed and even Jesus, David, Solomon, and Joshua in the Bible, these are the characteristics I pulled away from it. In no particular order. The first one is humility. The second one is vulnerability. The third one is emotional intelligence. I'll tell a quick story about that. So we just played a game this weekend, and we beat... Uh, the BC Lions, the British Columbia Lions from Vancouver. And with that win, we clinched a playoff berth. So now we've, we've made it into the playoffs. We got two games left, but we're in the playoffs. So right now we're fighting for that home playoff game. And after the game, one of our players talked about how we're going to come down to the last three minutes to win these last couple games. That's how we're going to win. Now, 
In that game we just won, we played below our standard. We did not play to our potential. We played below our standard. We should have blew that team out, but it actually came down to the last three minutes. So he's standing up in front of the team saying, this is how we're going to win every game, the last three minutes, all the way to the Great Cup, the championship. Now, in that moment, me and every other coach were thinking the same thing. That is not what we want. Why would we want to come down to the last three minutes to win? If we play at our standard, it should be a blowout. So in that moment, I had to use emotional intelligence. Do I say something now to him in front of the team? No. Because he's not one, nor was it the right time, situational awareness, to correct someone. So the next day, when we were with the team and I had to work the team out, I spoke up and I said, Dylan, I love what you said yesterday. If it comes down to the last three minutes, I'm betting on us every single time we will win. But if we play to our standard, it will never come down to the last three minutes. That's emotional intelligence, knowing your personnel, knowing how to speak. I praised what he said first. And then I guided it a little higher. The next thing these leaders taught me, accountability. I'll never forget, I saw a coach, oh, picking up trash in the hallway one day. And I'm just thinking, we have a janitor, like, what are you? Nobody's even seeing these things. But just from seeing him doing that, I've started doing that. Why wait? Why wait on someone else when you can just do the right thing when you know it's time? The next thing, competitive edge confidence. They were great at communication. They had attack mentality. And they were selfless. Now of all these leaders in my life that influenced me, besides Jesus, there's one leader that has influenced me. And that is the number one leader besides Jesus. This person is the number one leader in my life. And here's where the perspective is. You know who that leader is? It's me. It's me. I am the most influential leader in my life. Now, some of you might be listening and thinking my humility just went out the window. But not really. It's perspective. John Maxwell In his five everyday practices, his number one practice is every day, lead yourself. Tony Robbins, I remember he was doing a show, I am not your guru. And there was this girl standing up and she was talking about her relationship with her father. And he said, if you're going to blame him for the bad, tell me about the good. Blame him for the good too. So when I say I'm the number one leader in my life, If I have to take responsibility for where I am and take responsibility for every bad thing, take responsibility for every decision, I have to take responsibility for how I lead myself. Because of all these people I just listed, none of it would matter if I didn't take the step 
to listen, to be humble, and to take action on the things they taught me. So for you listening to me right now, you are the number one leader in your life. You should never look up to other people more than you look up to yourself. You should never give other people more credit for your life than you give yourself credit for your life. Because you can't blame other people for your life. You have to take responsibility. It goes the same way with your leadership. Wherever you are in life, you led yourself there. None of these leaders grabbed me by the hand and made me do anything. None of them made me be humble, vulnerable, accountable. None of them. It was a decision that I took to follow. You are the number one leader in your life. That's my perspective on leadership this morning. You're listening to Breakfast Club with Champions where leaders come to grow, they come to serve. And when I made that decision, and when I understood that I'm the number one leader in my life, it was a decision I made to stop being served and to start being of great service. To pour out what was in my cup instead of trying to take a sip. Sorry, I went over a couple minutes, Brian. But with that, I'm finished. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.